time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. The 0-2 pitch. Fly ball. Left field. Carlson over. He has it. Wainwright. His 39th birthday. He goes the distance. 23rd complete game of his career. Absolutely remarkable. And a hug from Yadier Molina. Goosebumps everywhere. Everywhere. What a performance from the 39-year-old Adam Wainwright. Incredible. That was pretty remarkable. That was pretty remarkable. Welcome into the show. Monday edition of Scoops with Danny Mack. I'm Dan McLaughlin. And the audio courtesy of our friends at Fox Sports Midwest. I know a few people over there. We'll have the game for you uh, tonight on Fox Sports Midwest. Matter of fact, all three games of the Cincinnati series. Note the start time. I believe the uh, pregame show is at 5.30 tonight. 5 or 5.30. So check your local listings for that. It is an early start time for all three games. And uh, we'll have it for you on Fox Sports Midwest. I always love getting the text line 75680. And um, by the way, uh, part of the end of that, too, and this is a text that comes in from that. (laughs) This is kind of funny. He said, per Ricky Horton, this is from the 618. I stood in my living room and applauded Adam after the ninth. And my wife laughed and told me I was being cheesy. I didn't uh, put on the last part of the text because I can't say that part. But Ricky Horton said, um, wherever you're at, stand up and applaud and give him a standing O. And it was funny on my tweets uh, my feed i did i had people that actually were taking video of themselves scotty and giving him a standing o while watching on television it was awesome that's so cool it was so cool oh had, my gosh had a bunch of people send me that so six five seven eight zero uh, if you want to chime in it was 122 pitches most by a pitcher in a game this season it was his 39th birthday so he is the oldest active player in the national league this year which i'm not sure you knew that um it was his birthday, 39, but he's the oldest active player in the National League, and he goes the distance, and he saves the bullpen, and he really saved the Cardinals because the Cardinals' bullpen, 15 and a third innings the last two days. The Cardinals needed it. The team needed it. I think everybody in the city that loves baseball, they needed it, and so did Mike Schild. Specific to Adam, it speaks to a guy that has always been dedicated, sincere about his craft, as a younger player, you don't get to be an older player unless you understand how to take advantage of your experiences, other people's experiences, study your craft, clearly take care of yourself. So, you know, he's, he's I wouldn't say completely reinvent himself, but he's had to make adjustments over the course of his career. And that's an impressive thing. And not every guy can is intentional enough when they're younger to do that, mature enough, care enough to love about the game to continue to to have that hunger that he can still clearly has after playing this game a long time it's a it's a passion that is is um is very impressive and it's been you know it's a long career so more to go um but you know this game as you, as you mentioned does look to push guys out um sometimes guys push themselves out you know sometimes guys are getting pushed out in their 30s um you know but we can say right now that veteran leadership the right kind of veteran leadership matters and him and yadi clearly demonstrated that today in a game that you know 
got us back on track. So the Cardinals avoid their fifth loss in a row. They went six and six on the 12 game, 11 day homestand. And Wayno, he is able to retire the final 11 in a row for Mike Shields Club. Yes, I wrote her down in capital. That's what aces do. That's exactly what aces do. Aces take the ball, deliver when you need it. And, you know, we needed it when we came back off that layout and um, in Chicago. And, you know, we've, we've breaks haven't gone our way. We haven't made our own breaks um, last couple games. And he said, you know what? We know the bullpen's short, really short. And I'm going to step up. And I'm not only going to give you any, I'm going to give you quality innings. And we're going to, and, and uh, the offense supported him. And, and But that's what aces do. Aces do do that. After the game, we threw a headset on. Uh, Adam Wainwright had the chance to visit with Adam and clearly very emotional after that uh, complete game victory. Complete game on your 39th birthday. Uh, you've had so many great moments on this field. Where does this one rank for you? <laughs> oh, it's up there. Um, <laughs> woo, it's good. Um, it's up there for sure. Uh, I thought I was done crying, Danny. Um <clears throat> It's up there, you know. You, you, you know, we see the emotions uh, come out of you. I, I got to ask you, why are you so emotional with this one? And that may break up some of those that'll, emotions. That'll make them go away. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. You get the hug here from from Yadier uh, Molina. Why? Why so emotional with this one? What? Why? Why is this one so special? Uh, um, I hadn't been that good for a while. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You've been pretty darn good though this year. Thank you. Yeah, I started feeling. Uh, yeah, I started feeling better. I started feeling healthy finally. You know, uh, the the thought of of going nine the last couple of years was was a tough thought. You know, you you try to you try to pump yourself up for it. You know, just <clears throat> you just give everything you got. And you don't have it, but um, starting to feel it. You know, so it's good to be back. Pretty awesome. Thank goodness, by the way, Yachty came in and dumped the water on on Adam. Got me off the hook, too. Just kidding. Um, it's awesome. You know, I, I've had a couple interviews where Adam has, has been like that. Matter of fact, a few. Sometimes when he talks about his uh, work, his charitable work, he'll, he'll get emotional like that. There was a game in which he pitched a complete game after he had Tommy John surgery. And he had gone back on the plane and he was he was getting well let me backtrack just a little bit he had come back from tommy john surgery and he was getting lit up he, he wasn't he wasn't pitching well this is many years ago and uh he went back and talked to one of the players and the player convinced him and said dude you, you got great stuff it's gonna come back you're gonna be fine and he was kind of doubting himself i remember talking to him about it at that time and the player convinced him you're going to be fine you're going to be fine just believe me it's going to come back and sure enough he um went out uh, probably a week or two later and threw a complete game and we threw the headset on him and i did the interview and he started to to cry and he said i still have it you know i still got it this is many years ago this is probably whenever it was seven eight years ago and it was very reminiscent to what it was yesterday. He still has it, and it's unbelievable. He's 39 years old. Um, it was in 2012, I believe. 
just incredible. I also think about the the complete game that he threw with the reunion of the the 2006 team. They were there, and he and Yachty uh, pointed to the suite where all those guys were. That was amazing, and yesterday was amazing. It would have been great with fans, but still having the the mask. I mean, the the wherewithal to put on the mask and hug with Yachty is something I'll never forget. It just struck me. We talked about it during the interview. Matter of fact, Scotty, find that that cut. Um, that is a scene and a sight that I'll never forget. In the oddity of 2020, I just thought, what what in the world made you think? Because you know they wanted to embrace. They're like brothers. They are brothers. They're teammates. They're the best of friends. And um, if you have it there, Scotty, we can get to it. But just let me know when you have it. But I did ask him if for those that didn't see it. And if you didn't see it, let me set it up. They They get the final out. Carlson makes the catch. And um, and I asked him about um, <laughs> about what uh, it's cut number three, and he, I said, you know, what made you think about putting on the mask? And I, of all the emotions, all these things, because normally they just grab each other and hug. I mean, the last thing you're thinking about is putting on a mask. That's all Yachty doing. Or I was about to big go give him a big hug and a kiss, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw him go to put his mask. I was like, oh yeah, we got to put our masks on. You know, well, hey, we're trying to do things right. Um, you know, we want to play this season. We want to keep going, and we know it's going to be a tough stretch because we got a lot of games ahead of us with with only one off day. So it's going to be a tough stretch. But you know, I challenged the guys on the text last night. Said, hey. I know it's a lot. I know you guys are tired. Just don't quit. Yeah. Just give me everything you got and show me something. Well, he did it yesterday, and that was phenomenal. So speaking of Yachty, that was game number 2,000. Kind of overshadowed was game number 2,000 for Yadier Molina. Not all as a catcher. He's at like something like 1,950 or something as a primary catcher, something like that. So he's closing in on 2,000 games as a catcher, but 2,000th major league game for Yadier Molina, only behind Stan and Lou in Cardinals history. Um, He has 1,982 hits. He had a base hit yesterday, also picked up a run batted in. And the next start, by the way, for Wayno and Yadier will be number 270 together as battery mates, which is pretty, pretty incredible. So the trade deadline is here trade deadline is here. Cardinals will take on the Reds later tonight. I'm going to get into a little breakdown of that series, but uh, taking a look at the standings, if you're not paying attention, which I get, because it's been a crazy year. I'm going to start in the American League. Tampa Bay and the Yankees, they would be in right now. The Yankees, by the way, are three and a half back. Three and a half back of Tampa Bay. They've kind of fallen on hard times. They've only won three of their last ten, and Toronto is only a game back, a game back of the Yankees. Remember, the top two teams make it in each division. The really good American League Central Division is competitive right now. So you've got the White Sox, the Cleveland Indians. They are tied at 21-13. and 13. Minnesota is a game and a half back, and those lineups are loaded. Oakland, two and a half in front of Houston. Those two teams are going to make it because Seattle is nine out. they got Jerry Depoto, who's trading everybody away. Then you've got Atlanta and Miami and uh, the Phillies. Miami and Philadelphia are three games back. The Cardinals are three and a half back of Chicago. 
Milwaukee is four and a half, and then Cincinnati. And that's why tonight's game is, and this series is so important. The Dodgers are five in front of the Padres. Padres, though, are active, and they are three in front of Colorado. Buster Olney this morning of ESPN talked about what this trade deadline could be like. The biggest names today in the trade market are Lance Lynn of the Texas Rangers having a terrific year. People with other teams expect that he's going to move, and Mike Clevenger of the Cleveland Indians. You know, there are a lot of contenders looking for a primary starting pitcher and both of these guys would fit that bill the yankees are involved the atlanta braves are involved the toronto blue jays and the san diego padres who have absolutely stood out here in the last 72 hours is the most aggressive team before the trade deadline they haven't made the playoffs since 2006 you know it looks like because we're gonna have 16 teams they almost certainly will get in but if they advance past that first round there would be a decent chance they're gonna play the dodgers in the second round and it really does feel like some of these moves they made this weekend i have that in mind yeah you know i was thinking about it and and some teams some organizations are going to approach this deadline a lot differently than others it's just the way it is I mean, 2020 is weird. We all know it. It's odd. It's odd for all professional sports, whether you're hockey, the NFL, your baseball. You know, if if you're the Padres and you haven't been to the World Series since 1998, you're going to go for it. You're going to go for it. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, by the way, breaking now from Robert Murray is that the Padres have acquired Mike Clevenger. Oh, Okay. Thank you, Scotty. You're on it, baby. I love it. Great work. So Mike Clevenger of the um, the Indians heading to San Diego. What if you're Miami? Okay, Miami is really unique, too. You know, Miami was supposed to be terrible this year. They were uh, rebuilding, but this is an odd year. If I'm Miami, do I go for it? Now, they've got a lot of young kids in their system. You're not going to salvage the, the future, clearly, but maybe there's a piece or two you could give up to say, Eh, do we go for it? Why not? Right now, they're second in the wild card, just behind the Rockies. And if you get in this year, just think about this. Home field advantage, there is none. There's no fans in the stands. And by the way, Major League Baseball is looking at playing in a bubble. The first round of the uh, the playoffs would probably be at a home stadium. So you're the Dodgers. You'd be the number one seed. You'd play the eighth seed. So, okay, it's a three-game series. I got Clayton Kershaw on the mound, who's, by the way, not been very good in postseason play. But I don't want to play him. Trust me, I'm just telling you, I don't want to face Clayton Kershaw. But let's just throw it out there for argument's sake. Baseball's a weird game, as we all know. You could win two out of three. Two out of three can happen in baseball. So the Dodgers are on pace to win 44 or 45 out of 60 games. That's how good they've been this year. But just get in, baby. Al Davis, just win, baby. Well, just get in, baby. Okay? Because anything can happen. So if I'm Miami, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It's a weird year. Uh, We were supposed to stink. Eh, let's have a little fun with this. Let's go out and get somebody. I'm the Padres. Eh, let's have a little fun. Let's get in. We got the most exciting player maybe in the sport in our shortstop. We're hitting bombs everywhere. We're hitting grand slams. Our fan base is excited. Why not? Maybe let's go out and get some guys, and that's what they're doing. They're active right now. They're training a lot of guys to go for it. And isn't it crazy that in a normal year, like most of the guys that they've went out and got, like probably wouldn't even make any headlines. But then this year, it's like all of the guys that they're going and grabbing are like becoming key pieces that they need in the puzzle to try to make a, a run in the postseason. 
And they're giving up young players. They're giving up uh, young, talented players in their minor leagues. And the other thing that's really, uh, really interesting is that in baseball, when you make a deal and you give up young players to go get Mike Clevenger or some frontline guys that you're watching right now, um, you go you go watch the minor leaguers. Well, scouts can't do that. There's no minor league baseball, so you can't go watch them. So it really complicates what you're trying to do with the trade deadline. So if you're the Cardinals or other teams and you're saying, sure, we'd, we'd like to go uh, trade player X and we want some minor leaguers back, you can't do it. Can't watch minor leaguers. I mean, it's really an, a weird, weird trade deadline 2020. I mean, just can't do it. Minor leaguers aren't playing. Exactly. Can't watch them. So it's just it, it, it's just kind of fascinating. Um Anyway, I'll take a look at the, the Red series. The Reds, to me, and this is why, if you're the Reds, I don't think you can give up, let's say, Trevor Bauer. Let's say the Reds sweep the Cardinals, okay, for argument's sake. Let's say the Reds are the second team in the National League Central, okay, and they wind up, just for argument's sake, play the Dodgers, okay? They're the, the one in the eight. If you're the Dodgers, you're thinking, uh-oh, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, games one and two. No thanks. No thanks, Castillo. No thanks. I mean, all you need is a hot pitcher. From the Cardinals' perspective, people say, why isn't Carlos Martinez up here right now? They need innings. Well, if I have a month to stretch out Carlos Martinez and he gets on fire by the end of the year, the end of the year is in four weeks, and I got Carlos Martinez as a starter. I can roll him out as a starter, and I have a chance to steal a game in the playoffs. Do it. So that's where it gets really interesting. That's why 2020 is kind of fun. The best of threes are going to be crazy. Yeah. All you got to win is two out of three, man. My it goodness. can happen all the time. So it makes it fun. All right. We're going to talk it over with Brad Thompson. He is my partner on the games on Fox Sports Midwest, and this is 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Every Monday, we have the chance to visit with Brad Thompson. He is my broadcast partner on Fox Sports Midwest, and you hear him on the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson, tell me when you were a minor leaguer, and you were a teammate of Adam Wainwright. You guys used to dig for change in the seats, scrounging up money, trying to figure out where you're going to get your next meal, and then watching yesterday what that was like. It was unbelievable. It, it's ridiculous, man. The guy is amazing. Now, now I was the one that was searching for change a little bit more. I mean, Adam was a first rounder. I think that he was just uh, he had all the stuff in trust funds already or, or something. <laughs> he had all his cash set aside. Uh, either way, but yeah, I mean, it, it is just such a. Uh, it's so surreal, honestly, to watch him go out and, and do stuff. And we had this conversation last week, uh, Dan, of how we should stop being surprised when, like, Adam does something fantastic. But then all of a sudden, he just takes it to the next level. And in, in, a, in a situation where the team needs him more than, more than ever, I mean, they, they've been taxed, they need some help. And he tells Shilty before beforehand, the night before, hey, I got you. Don't even ask. I got you. Whatever you need, I'm going to be here. 
and then he's there and steps up. And because you know, like for for competitors, Dan, you know this man. The mentality is always there, and you always believe you're going to get something done. And Adam believes in himself. Uh, maybe more than any other athlete that I've been around. Like even through the most negative times, from a uh, from a pitching aspect and from a health aspect, he always believed he was go- going to get it done. But going from that belief, you know, telling Shilty, "Hey, I got you. We're going to be fine. I-, I got this game," to actually doing it, man, it's incredible. I was just so so proud of him. Just watching him go out there and just carve him up and just get better and better as the game was going on. That was the most amazing part to me. Physically and watching him, what do you see? What, how is he getting his, uh, at the age of 39 and just physically, you know, the curveball, he doesn't have the fastball that he used to. How is he getting it done? Well, he, he doesn't necessarily have the fastball that he used to, but he spots it up so well and he throws it at the right times. I mean, you, you uh, I mean, you painted the picture really well yesterday. I mean, look, he, it seemed like every strikeout, he's dotting a fastball on the corner, and he's just changing speeds at the right time, and he keeps hitters guessing. That's what I love. Like they're up there in what would be traditional curveball counts, oftentimes, so maybe a one-two or a two-two count, and they're sitting up there just geared up, dead red for that breaking ball, and then all of a sudden he spots up a fastball, you know, to a righty, and it brings back a sinker on the outside corner, or he front doors a lefty, like. He just got such a great feel for himself mechanically. He can repeat things, and he's just a step ahead. So watching him and Yachty, and by the way, the freaking image of these two guys stopping their celebration for a second to put on their masks and then hug it out. I mean, that's one, Dan. I think that that are gonna. That's a picture that's gonna probably be in the halls of Bush Stadium forever at some point as kind of a, a landmark type thing for the Cardinals in this 2020 crazy season. But it was just so special to watch them go about it. But it's just the artistry of the entire thing, the way that he's been able to build up year after year and just change his game. Boy, that was crazy, wasn't it? Seeing that, I mean, honestly, it just kind of caught you. You just, you almost catch your breath. Here's two guys with masks on, hugging it out after a complete game. I don't know about you. It just, it was just almost surreal. I I, I don't know what other way to to put it. It was just unbelievable. No, it was, and it's just another one of those things. And I was talking with the guys on the fast lane this morning, just chatting back and forth via text, and it's like it's just so fitting. That's such a 2020 thing, and I feel like 2020 is just going to be full of snapshots like that, and yeah. hopefully there's more, right? Hopefully there's more of a feeling of chasing a championship and and going through a playoff. But like right now, I feel like that's what we have is random snapshots of just a crazy, crazy season. But finally, there was like a positive one. Like like there was one that was just uh, as bad as it's been this year just in general. It was nice to have a little moment like that where you see those guys celebrate. And they know how important all the, the safety protocols and the measures are. But I loved it when Adam said, hey, there was nothing that was going to stop me from getting a hug right there. I just love that. When you watch that interview, uh, as a guy that, that competed with him in the minor leagues, in the major leagues, he's one of your good friends, and you saw his emotions, and, and you, you saw him kind of articulate what was going on in, in his mind. What was going through your mind? I, I'm curious. Well, it's just uh, overall, man, you, you do know what kind of makes him tick, and you do know the ins and outs, but it's also a guy that just kind of realizes where he's at in his career and where he's at in his life. And 
I, I love the fact that he was emotional about that win. I love the fact that he talked about he had to take a few minutes to have a quick little cry session and then and then come back out and do it. But uh, to me, man, it's just uh, it kind of just tells you, gives you another inner glimpse of the man. You know that uh, the, the fact that. This stuff just doesn't happen, you know. You don't just get touched uh, and and say, "Oh, well, you are going to be a great pitcher." There's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of ups and downs, and you know he puts everything into every single thing that he does, and the results come out. But for guys like him, pitching in this league as long as they have been, players playing as long as they have been, stuff doesn't happen on accident. It's a lot of hard work, and he he takes pride in being able to put his team on his back when he goes out there and. And to me, like just you know, being a friend, being a former teammate, uh, I take pride in that. Like I, I love seeing him be able to go do that. Yeah. And Brad, I, I want to ask you about the offense. So that was a great moment yesterday. Um, the offense has got to get going. We've seen some some spots where it clearly has not. What would you do if you're Mike Shield to try to get this thing going a little bit? And what needs to happen? Look, your your biggest guy's got to got to step up. It, it, Goldie is having himself a, a good year. I mean, Brad Miller has been a, a big time surprise, uh, and I, I know he went hitless yesterday. But I don't think that there's so there, there's no magic to this. I mean, at this point, your roster is what your roster is. Uh, they, they've tried to get a little bit more aggressive. The Cardinals have been beaten up badly on the base pass. I mean, they, they've had some bad outs. They've ran into some. They've had some bad luck. Um, overall, but I'm not sure there's some magic elixir right now that fixes this offense, Dan. I feel like it's going to come down to Goldie. It's going to come down to DeYoung, which was good to see him have that three-hit day uh, behind Adam Wainwright yesterday. Uh, but you need more out of different guys. I, I mean, uh, Dex drove in three for you yesterday. That's nice. To me, one of the biggest key factors here, and it's totally unfair, and I'm not saying the season hinges upon this guy by any means, but you look at the spots that he's been up in, if we see a little bit faster progression for Dylan Carlson, I really think that that changes a lot of things. The more reps that you can give that kid, the better your offense is going to be overall. But I just I feel like with all the starts and stops, like we knew that this offense, Dan, was going to be it wasn't going to be the strength of the team at the very least coming into the season. We we know the team they had last year. We know the production from Marcelo Zuna headed off to Atlanta, and there was going to be a lot of hoping, and there was going to be a lot of building upon this year and getting better and better as you go on. Well, there there's no time to build. Uh, all of the, the momentum you might have had in spring training, all that stuff was stopped short. So. Um, I, I feel like you're going to have to get more from the young guys, but your anchors have to be your anchors. And ultimately, for this team to win a championship, in my eyes, it's not going to be on the back of your offense. I mean, it has to be your pitching. The defense has to be so much better. The base running has to be so much better. Like, all the little things have to clean up a ton, and the offense just has to be good enough, in my opinion. Would you take a run at Lane Thomas now, or do you like the idea of Edmund in the outfield, or do you look at Dylan Carlson moving up in the lineup, maybe in front of Goldschmidt, things of that nature, just to try to shake it up? Yeah, I, I don't mind the idea at all. And actually, Lane Thomas is a really good one to get some reps for. They love what they've had from him out of the uh, it's big league level last year. He was a guy that showed up right away. The stage didn't look too big for him, and he took advantage of it. And unfortunately, uh, hit by the pitch, cut his season short. And I thought it was very interesting that you know John Mosellock and Schilte also 
talked about him at the end of the postseason about how they missed him, like missed having that guy around. So I would certainly like to see him get some more reps. I do think that the outfield in general has got to be, hey, if you're producing, you're playing. If you're if you're up there, if you're you're getting hits, you're taking good at bats, you're driving the ball, you're going to be in there the next day. Like you have to figure out ways. And I think it would be would be interesting to bounce stuff around. Colton Wong, who was really strong early especially you know leading off it was kind of a no-brainer he slowed down quite a bit average just over 200 right now uh we saw tommy with a couple of hits but i think that you could move some pieces a little bit before uh ahead of goldie ahead of the young and miller and just give some guys some rest at this point honestly dan when you look at it if you're shilty what i mean what do you have to lose when it comes to your offense try some pieces mix and match a little bit uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, guys are going to have to step up when you give them the opportunity. And Lane Thomas is a guy that I'm, I am really interested in. Yeah, Lane is an interesting guy. Um, and Bader was, you know, going well, and then the migraines hit and then had to sit. So I'll be interested what they do on this road trip. I'm sure you are too. And this is a very, very important road trip for the Cardinals. I, I don't want to say it's make or break, but you got Cincinnati, then you have the five games in Chicago. So this is a very important stretch of baseball for, for all those teams, really. Dan, it's make or break. I mean, let's be honest. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, we, it, it, no it, you know, you're right, though. It is important. Look, the, the Reds haven't been playing their best baseball, and there might be some changes today. As uh, I'm sure you've been talking about already, there's a trade deadline. There's plenty of names that are being thrown around uh, on, on all these teams. Trevor Bauer being one of the probably the biggest name that the Reds have thrown out. A lot of teams are interested in him. Um, the, the Cubs, we know what they have been. We know what they are. And if you go into this road trip and you have a big-time misstep, you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in. Now, the, the only beauty of it is here for the Cardinals that when you, you look at the standings, uh, they're, they're in a decent spot. It's not like the Brewers or the Reds, who they're going to be facing, uh, ha- have been world beaters. The Cubs are the team to chase, and they're not necessarily on fire. Like They have the, the ability to do something special, but you just can't bury yourself here on this road trip. So uh, the pitching is going to be the key, and it starts with Dakota Hudson tonight. You hope that he's able to build off of what he did last time out because, Dan, I mean, you and I were, were doing the game. He looked fantastic. He did a good job of just settling in and getting deeper and deeper into ball games. But you're right. This is going to be a, a big road trip for the Cardinals, and they need to at the very least tread water, if not gain some ground. So I'm going to wrap it up with this. Uh, you made a living out of being a pitcher. You, you were a starter. You were a reliever. How do you think Mike Schilt has, has handled what has happened after the 17-day layoff and putting these guys in a position to at least uh, be somewhat, somewhat rested and I say somewhat in quotations because it was so tough coming out of the 17 days and not really knowing his work of having the ability to get through these games, whether you're a starter or a reliever and having a chance here in the final month. I'm incredibly impressed, honestly. I mean, the, the way that he did such a good job, but I think that there's always a sense of urgency, especially in a season like this. You know that every game means so much. But Mike Maddox and Mike Schilt together and look at this an entire staff and brain trust that goes into making decisions. I think they've done such a good job with their starters, first of all, of making sure they're incrementally getting them where they need to go. And obviously Adam Wainwright yesterday with 
122 pitch, I believe it was, Jim. He's a little different animal, all right? The Cardinals hadn't had a starter hit the 100-pitch threshold until he did that last night and, and exceeded it. But they're, they're doing such a good job of just easing people in, and you give them breathers when you can. And if a reliever has a quick inning one day, they're having the communication and see if he's available the next day. The communication is the key. I mean, it absolutely is. And the honesty on the player side is going to be a key also because the Cardinals, with the offense that we talked about a little bit ago, not looking like it's going to overnight just turn into a juggernaut, this pitching staff has to stay intact, and these guys have to stay healthy. And that's where the communication on both sides comes in. How are you feeling? Looking at pitch counts, back-to-back, two out of three days. you got to be able to build in some rest. And I think they've done a really good job of that. And I think they've done a really good job of also utilizing their taxi squad and having pieces bounce in and out. This is not an easy thing to do in any season, but it certainly is way more difficult in a shortened season when you miss 17 games and you have double headers seemingly like a couple times a week. It's it's hard, and I think they've done a really good job with it. Awesome stuff, Brad. I'll have you tuned in on the fast lane. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up very soon. All right, Dan. I'll talk to you later, my man. That's Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. All loaded up, one out, and Dexter hits it down the right field line. That ball is fair, down into the right field corner. Two runs will score. Here comes Carpenter. He's going to be held up. Dexter Fowler the double, and we're tied at 2-2. You know, first of all, it's good to answer right back. You know, they had a two-run homer, and we go right back and score, Dex, and then Dylan, and just kind of lets everybody free flow and just get back into, okay, we're, we're good, we're fine. You know, balls can fall, you know, can find some some grass. And then it just kind of makes everybody just maybe just take a little deep breath a little bit, maybe. And that's lifted in the air. Deep right at the wall. God, it's a home run. Dexter Fowler. Dexter has driven in three today. RBI double with the bases loaded in the second. And now a solo home run here in the seventh. Yes, I wrote it down in capital. That's what aces do. That's exactly what aces do. Aces take the ball, deliver when you need it. And, you know, we needed it when we came back off that layout and um, in Chicago. And, you know, we've, we've breaks haven't gone our way. We haven't made our own breaks um, last couple games. And he said, you know what? We know the bullpen's short, really short, and I'm going to step up. And I'm not only going to give you any, I'm going to give you quality innings, and we're going to and, and uh, the offense supported him, and, and but that's what aces do. The 0-2 pitch. Fly ball, left field, Carlson over. He has it! Wainwright, his 39th birthday, he goes the distance. 23rd complete game of his career. Absolutely remarkable, and a hug from Yadier Molina. Goosebumps everywhere, everywhere. What a performance from the 39-year-old Adam Wainwright. Incredible. They had to put their masks on, but it didn't stop them from hugging, and you can't blame them. Stand up, Cardinal fans, wherever you are, and applaud Adam Wainwright celebrating his birthday today at Bush Stadium. Terrific performance.
That was awesome yesterday. Audio courtesy of Fox Sports Midwest. Big series starting tonight. Big road trip. Cincinnati then off to Chicago. Cincinnati five back. The Cardinals are three and a half games out. Some of the storylines for the Cincinnati Reds. A. Eugenio Suarez hitless in his last 10 at bats hitting 174. That's a problem for them. Last week, Joey Votto sat three games after the series with St. Louis. Tucker Barnhart hitting 172. Two extra base hits in his last 58 at-bats. Michael Lorenzen, one earned run he's yielded in his last four appearances, but they need him in high-leverage spots. They hadn't been able to put him in those. So it's been Lucas Sims and Amir Garrett as the setup man for Rysel Iglesias. They need him to step up. Philip Irvin, Cody Reed, Pedro Strope, gone. Jose Garcia from the last time that we saw the Cincinnati Reds. He's now their regular starter at short. Some big changes. They're trying to get things going with the Cincinnati Reds. Reds are 1-6 when Castillo starts. That is shocking. This is Bauer, Castillo, Sonny Gray. That's why they have optimism with the rotation, but it starts tonight. They need wins. Cardinals need wins. You can see the game on Fox Sports Midwest. We cross it over with Ribs and BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Ribs BK coming up. This is the crossover on 101 ESPN, and uh, you guys will be busy, I'm sure, talking about the MLB trade deadline. Mike Clevenger already dealt to San Diego. I'm sure there's more trades coming up, but uh, BK, what do you have? So we've got Carlo Coliacovo coming up at 1130. Want to get into the uh, Petrangelo situation with him. We have Mark Saxon at 1215. Want to talk with him about the Cardinals aspect of the trade deadline, and I'm not really feeling like they're going to be particularly active. So we'll get into all of that coming up today. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, we got to talk about this situation. They Decide to cut Leonard Fournette earlier mm-hmm. today. He was a top five pick back in 2017, the same year that we saw Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes go after him in the draft. The Jaguars messed that up worse than the Bears did. We'll get into that coming up here in a little while. By the way, what are you guys wearing tomorrow? This is this is cute. This is just this is special. I blame him because I got here first. We're a team, and uh, you know what? Synergy <laughs> hockey shirts together. Synergy hockey t-shirts, which, by the way, are very stylish and comfortable. But I left the house earlier than you today, so I'm going to have to claim Just adorable. That. Thank you. We are a team. We want to make sure we act like it. <laughs> Just that's adorable. why I threw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Ribs and BK. Scotty, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.